0: Welcome to Day Zero Update for June 4th, 2023. I'm your host, Chris Eloji. I'm Brandon
1: Perkins.
0: And I'm Dan Rev victorio And yeah, we've got a big week this week. Yeah. Uh, some new release stuff here. Uh, we got new stuff for your subscription services. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got one more show that's happening, happening during uh, Summer Game Fest. And uh, yeah, Nintendo announced a game that is infamous for a lot of its Oh, Uh, yeah. Leaks suggesting that maybe there's a reason why it took so long for this to happen. But uh, along with that, uh, we'll end up here with uh, all the the latest of the Activision Blizzard stuff, uh, where Bobby Kotick got a big fluff piece on Variety uh, that makes him look like an idiot. So uh, we'll tell you about all of that uh, here in a bit. But before we do that, we'll talk about what we've been playing. Uh, and I'll kick it off here. Uh, I've been playing some The Lord of the Rings Gollum. Uh, I got this in from Gamefly. I did a stream where I played about an hour and 40 minutes, I think. And that was about as much as I could stomach of the game. Uh, it is just not a very good game. Uh, it was just a bad idea. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But the it's clear that something just didn't work. Yeah. Either the publisher just didn't want to give them the time and the budget or whatever to make it better mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, people have been harassing people have worked on the game, and it's like no, they're not the reasons for this uh mm-hmm. that is the the publisher saying this is an okay shipping product after you know a number of delays on this game mm-hmm. they basically sent it out to die more or less. Yeah, and trying to get as much money as they can in the process. Yeah. Because it is a sixty dollar game on consoles. There's a special edition for seventy mm-hmm. that includes like emotes for Gollum, which yeah. I didn't even get to the point where I could use those as far as I know. Yeah. Um but it's like why why do you need emotes in that game? Mm-hmm. Uh the other stuff is kinda neat. There's like a uh the ability to add like an elvish language for The Elvish, yeah, the elves in the in the game,
2: yeah,
0: Uh, which is neat, but shouldn't be like something you have to pay for. Mm -hmm. Uh, And the other ones, like a a codex or something like that, for Mm. the lore stuff, and it's like, why is this like paid stuff? Other than they saw the opportunity to exploit the the hardcore Lord of the Rings fans that, that, that might want that, but the game itself isn't even that good to deserve that. Exactly. To nickel and dime people and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, the game itself is a pretty basic sort of a stealth platformer. Uh, you know, Gollum, in the way that he moves around, is very much crawling around mm-hmm. of sorts. Though you do have a a crouch button to make him get lower on the ground to crawl, mm-hmm. which you do to get into grass and hide in there. Where his body just changes to like a black shade mm-hmm. instead of his usual pale self, um, and you have you know jump mechanics that are just weird because Gollum's not a character you associate with like long jumps and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, or wall crawling or ledge grabbing, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of mechanics that make sense for this kind of game. I think the the developer Datalic uh, Entertainment has made some stuff in this kind of milieu with the sticks games. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's like a template there, but just making something that works for Golem mm. just does not really work out too well Yeah. here. Um, I didn't really have any of the performance or like uh, crash issues that I saw some reviews were talking about. Mm-hmm. So maybe there's like a day one update that address some of that stuff though that's obviously a bigger issue um the one bug i did have was in so the way the story goes is Golem's hanging out in mordor he's hungry uh mm-hmm. trying to find food a, uh, a crow or a raven sees him and being the incredibly paranoid character he's pretty sure that that you know bird is a spy for mm-hmm. sauron and chases after it and Confusingly, the the bird just doesn't seem to be a chase target in a weird mm. way. Because uh, there were a number of times where I got pretty close, and like thought I was supposed to just catch up to it, but mm. uh, no, it just you kind of keep going around, and eventually it stops being a thing that Gollum worries about for some reason. Mm. Then he's concerned. Uh, he runs into a bunch of orcs. And that's his bigger concern. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's a whole weird bit because eventually you have to, uh, you know, mm. get their attention, I guess, to progress.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, this all leads to a point where you get like a, an actual choice to make where they present them as like a golem choice or a Smeagol choice mm. of sorts where there's this beetle that he's also concerned works for Sauron as a spy. And so you're given the option to like kill it and eat it and hide yeah. from the wraiths that are on like the, the weird dragons yeah. Um, or to, I forget what the other option is. I was like, well, this one says hide. So that seems like the, the logical thing, which I don't think it really makes any difference. Cause it mm-hmm. still ends up in the same place. Um, and that puts you in this weird sequence where you're in these caves, and the, the wraiths are, you know, hanging around, seemingly, like, coming after you. And I'm like, well, I'll have to find the the path that, you know, gets you around these guys. And no, it just kind of leads you to a point where they eventually just catch up to you, like, corner you in. Yeah. There's no actual escape here. They just teach you the Gollum vision mechanic, which is
3: uh-huh.
0: a weird thing to have. And also, it's just a flashing bright light, so... Yeah. It's not really great for accessibility there. Oh yeah. Uh it just flashes bright and then put some orange squiggly lines on the screen, suggesting that's maybe where you should go, which yeah, and this whole sequence did not make any sense because it would just change whenever. Uh-huh. Uh, but yeah, you get captured and you know uh taken to the slave camps. Uh and this is where I experienced my first bug where you get to your slave quarters and there's like a you get to talk to the other people in there. Uh, there's, like, mm-hmm. one orc and two dudes. Um, and they're like, oh, you should go sleep, like, on this window. One, uh, ledges, there's no, like, uh, mechanic to keep you from walking off ledges. So uh, I ended up just walking off, like, just trying to see, like, if there was a limit. Nope. I just walked right out of the window to the lava below and died. Um, mm. uh, but, yeah, trying to... Sleep, uh, I think I did it the first time before I talked to people because I didn't realize I could talk to them. But once I did, uh, I restarted to the last checkpoint, and then the prompt for going to sleep just did not show up. Mm-hmm. Uh, it took a few times for me repeating this sequence before that finally worked. And that was like the one bug I really had in this game, mm-hmm. uh, in the, the bit I played. But yeah, you've got to go through. I went through two days of doing... Uh, labor or whatever they call labor for Gollum because he's not exactly a character that can do a lot.
3: It's mm. so like the
0: first day he just goes around and grabs the slave tags of the the ones who did not return and then they give you an option at a certain point to take this uh, blind man's uh, tags that's still alive but you can take that I guess to get out one early because mm. uh, it's Eight, so you could, I guess, collect seven of them and still finish,
3: mm. but
0: I didn't do that. Uh, you do have some dialogue choices where it's like Golem would say this and Smeagol would say this, and I don't think it changes anything. Mm. It just seems like a lot of that kind of stuff is superfluous mm. in a way that's just like, this didn't. S- I get the idea because, you know, they're two distinct personalities. Mm. Um, one's very aggressive and one's very passive. Kind of thing, but the the way they play out in the game, as far as I could tell, just didn't result in anything that felt like you know a Mass Effect level of choice or anything.
3: Yeah.
0: Um, but yeah, like the second day, uh, just had me uh, had Golan go into these uh, mines where he needed to set off these explosions, essentially, and then like poisonous gas fills up the the mines. And so you have to like escape out of them fast enough, which I didn't really understand that the first time. So mm-hmm. I died one time just getting caught up in the the gas enough to lose life.
3: Mm-hmm. So,
0: uh, but yeah, that's kind of where I was like, oh, I've had enough of this. This just isn't doing all that much for me. I was kind mm-hmm. of moving too slow uh, as a another way it's presented. The the, the trophies seem to suggest there's a bit more to it if you can get past that, but You know, the way it starts just does not really make it out to be all that interesting. Mm -hmm. Uh, But yeah, they kind of tell the story through like flashbacks because Gollum has been captured by the elves, Mm
3: -hmm. and
0: a wizard shows up. I don't know if it's Gandalf or not. They don't really give him a name. Just yeah, the subtitles is just wizard. Um, and he's like interrogating him, and so you hear some of their talk back and forth. Uh, over the gameplay, whatever you're doing. Mm-hmm. as they're asking questions about what's going on. You know, how he got to that point, so yeah, there's some interesting stuff to this, but it's just not that good of a game to deserve my time over all the other stuff that's been coming out of late. Mm-hmm. So, I'll probably be sending this back to Gamefly pretty soon, so there you go for that. Lord of the Rings Gollum, mm-hmm. uh, Not really a game you should check out unless you have something like Gamefly or if it ever eventually comes to like Game Pass or PlayStation Plus, uh, something like that. But uh, it is weird that people like yell at them enough that they put out like an apology uh, on Twitter for making a bad game. And it's like, I don't think we need every team that makes a bad game to put out an apology tweet about it, like it's, they just made a bad game, like,
3: mm-hmm.
0: you know, something went wrong, it's not like, I don't think people are getting screwed over with, you know, a broken game or, you know, something that you expect a ton out of from the the level of developer that mm-hmm. this is, because uh, this, this is a developer that is, I think, a German developer that's made a lot of small games, mm-hmm. they were like, you know, 20, 30 bucks, whatever. Uh, and they were trying something uh, a bit out of their reach and to move up, like, another level in that. Uh, and it just didn't work out.
3: Oh.
0: Uh, but their other stuff has been pretty solid, uh, a lot of adventure games and uh, some stealth stuff with, like, the Styx games. So oh. uh, this one just didn't work out. It's not like uh, some of the other games where they launch Broken in a way that's, you know, ridiculous, like, uh, or, you know, In uh, such a rough shape, like a Redfall, where you would expect something to happen,
3: Mm
0: -hmm. uh, for that being like a $70 game and all that. Luckily, people could play that on Game Pass and not have to spend money directly on it, but, you know, this one is a game that I just don't, I don't think deserves the the intense hatred of the internet, when most of the people that are going to, you know, spew that stuff aren't going to play it, are just going off of what reviews say. So, there you go on that. Uh, The other games I've played are all pretty cool. Uh, Puzzle Quest 3 is out now on consoles, Mm -hmm. uh, specifically Xbox and PlayStation. Uh, There's no Switch version just yet, but uh, this is the newest game in the series. It's been out on mobile and uh, PC for a while, but uh, they finally just came out of early access on Steam as a result of... uh, uh, this version's launch, I think they're calling it 2.0. And that is uh, resulting in like a big change up in how you play the game fundamentally. Mm-hmm. As the, the core puzzle mechanic originally was sort of just making you'll get you know, a certain amount of time to make as many matches as you could. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, you know, Works fine with a mouse or, you know, your finger on a, a touchscreen kind of thing. But with a controller, that's not feasible at all. Uh, so they went and changed up the entire way this uh, puzzle setup works, where you get three action points. And that is uh, lets you make three moves in your turn. And if you make matches of five... Uh, in a row, or you know at or an l shape you know two uh three in a rows that are linked mm-hmm. together uh you can get an extra action point on your next turn kind of thing. It's not like a classic puzzle quest where you would just get to make another move or like the developer's other game, gem's of war, which was very much uh what if they made a puzzle quest, but instead of it being the the spells of your the things you're working towards, you have a, a lineup, you know, a team of sorts that gives you extra moves mm-hmm. to make beyond the puzzle stuff. Uh, this time, uh, you're just making all these moves to fill up your meters for your spells, and uh, it's kind of a Diablo meets uh, Puzzle Quest. So, mm. which I guess is Puzzle Quest 2 was basically that. Uh, though the dungeon stuff is much different in this because uh, you're not moving around a physical space. Of sorts to fight enemies um but yeah you're doing these fights uh and yeah you can use your moves uh the neat thing is that uh you can make uh like two of your three moves use spells that maybe take out gems and you can have other gems fall in uh to further get you potential more matches that kind of stuff um but yeah, it's, it works very similarly to Gems of War. They've used a lot of similar mechanics to it, though the, the framework is a bit different. In Gems of War, you kind of have all these different kingdoms uh-huh. that you're trying to complete their stories, and then you can pay to, or I think you pay to take over the kingdoms, and then you complete their story quest line through that. Um, here, it's just a standard story. You know, they run you through the, uh, the various chapters. I think it's maybe ten chapters total. I've gone through uh, one. I've completed chapter one, and then I'm working my way through two. Uh, but as you level up, you unlock a bunch of side stuff that they put in like a battles menu. It's a bunch of other ways to do combat to you know get more loot drops and mm-hmm. materials and all that kind of stuff to upgrade your spells and your your weapons and uh, equipment and all that stuff. And, yeah, much like a Diablo, you know, they have loot sets, uh, of equipment sets that if you uh, get more and more of that set together, you know, you'll have uh, uh, more bonuses. And especially, it seems like they drop a lot of stuff at, like, the very, uh, the basic tier, common. Uh, but as you put more materials into it, you can upgrade it to mm-hmm. on you know, uncommon, rare uh, legendary, all that kind of stuff. Uh, so you may not have to, uh, you know, get higher tiers of that same weapon as far as I've seen, but, you know, that may change. I haven't, I'm like level seven, so not really dealing with it. Uh, not super far into all that stuff because you need, you know, special materials to do the the upgrade to the tier, that kind of stuff. But uh, everything else... Definitely feels a lot like Gems of War. Like it's a similar uh, developer. It's I believe it's the. It may not be the same exact teams, but it's the same developer mm-hmm. uh, working on it. So there's a lot of the the way the menus are styled are similar to that. Um, uh, but some of the uh, the side uh, battles stuff is a bit different. Uh, so looking forward to seeing what's more, you know, what more they're doing here, but. Uh, so far, it's been a nice surprise to see the the nice change in the puzzle mechanics and all that. So that's uh, that's one worth checking out. Uh, they do have plenty of you know stuff in there to get you to buy you know a paid currency that you can turn into the other currencies, uh, DLC packs that get you special items. Uh, one of which is for one of the first uh, equipment sets that I've had opened up. Uh, the sword that I need for that is in like a five dollar DLC pack, which I am like, that's not great. Um, but yeah, that's that's pretty much it. It has a lot, you know, a lot of the same stuff around it that Gems of War had. But I think I like Gems of War more. But this is still pretty good for what it is. So
3: mm-hmm.
0: there is Puzzle Quest three uh, out yeah. now on PlayStation and Xbox. For that, uh, the other game I played, Super Mega Baseball four, that came out on. Friday, Uh, but if you have EA Play or Game Pass Ultimate, you can play a 10-hour trial of this, and it's very similar to the other games. Mm -hmm. Uh, Similar mechanics and all that. I think they maybe added a few more things to kind of make it a little bit more deep. Uh, But, you know, same art style, same everything for the most part. But uh, the big change here is that they have the MLB PAA License, so they have mm-hmm. a bunch of legendary you know retired players in this game um, so when you uh go to like the franchise mode, you can go into specific leagues that have uh just the retired players in it mm-hmm. uh which I think is it's like eight teams full of them uh so you know it has a lot of the customization stuff that the others did, so you can. Go in and change up the rosters to how you want, uh, or change out the the team logos and names and all that stuff. Uh, you can customize that stuff pretty well. Mm. Um, but yeah, they also have you know a league that's just all the original players uh, with I think some names that have been in the previous games mm. as well. So they've carried some of that stuff over. And they have one that's just creators, which I don't. I think it's you know sports media people. Uh, which if you follow baseball, you probably know uh, John boy media, who does a lot of uh, commentary on some of the wild plays and events that happen in baseball. And, you know, uh, goes through the things and talks about like why this is a ridiculous thing that happened, all that kind of stuff. Uh, And does a lot of quick video uploads on their YouTube and Twitter, Twitch page or Twitter pages and all that stuff uh, for commentary and all that kind of stuff. So they're one of them. That's the only one I recognize the others. I did not. uh, And I think they have like one or two players that I think are the, are the real people behind those channels and whatnot, but I have no clue. Mm -hmm. I did not look up, you know, what these people look like or anything. Uh, So there's a weird creators league in there. So that's just weird. But, Mm. Uh, the other two seem fine uh, but yeah you have all the customization of like how many games you want in a season mm. how long the games are all that kind of stuff so if you're a more casual player you can go for shorter seasons shorter games all that kind of stuff or if you just want to be weird you can make it like a 200 game season nine innings maybe even longer all that kind of stuff uh, so you can do all that kind of stuff uh, maybe the one thing that I have as a, like a knock is maybe more just the, the level of this game is that it would be nice if you could have uh, sort of community upload features for these like leagues and teams and such, uh, the way that MLB The Show does, uh, where people have uploaded you know rosters and uh, logos and all this kind of stuff, so that you could make uh, a lot of the you know teams that have been in movies and TV shows or mm-hmm. uh, minor league teams that used to exist and all that kind of stuff. Uh, so. That would be nice to see because all those, there's all this customization stuff, but the the amount of work I'd have to do just to maybe make some of the changes I would want to make is a lot of work. So uh, that's kind of definitely scaring me off on that stuff. But just playing the game itself mm. uh, still works really well and does all the same stuff that uh, I enjoyed a lot in the first game. Uh, so, yeah, that's, a, I think, a $50 game with, like, a $60 special edition that adds, like, extra... Uh, stadiums that I'm surprised is like a thing that they would charge extra for but okay Uh, I tried to look into like with those stadiums see like why are these like special stadiums but I didn't find any information in the the description for that version so there's that and uh, the other game I got that is pretty new is Sunshine Shuffle uh, which is a cool little indie game that's on PC and Switch uh, had kind of a, a hilarious thing happened uh, for their Switch release that we'll talk about later. Um, but this is basically a narrative uh, game uh, where you are uh, you know, showing up on this uh, boat. I guess it's called the Sunshine Shuffle. I'm not sure what the, the name of the boat's called, but I think it is uh, where these dudes are hanging out that committed the largest... Uh, bank heist in the Eastern seaboard history, I think they call it. Um, and they've, you know, just taken all that money and just lived on the sea ever since, like yeah. 10, 15 years later, whatever it is. Uh, and you are sort of an investigative reporter or something uh, sent to sort of find out, you know, what, uh, how they pulled it off and all this, uh, which they played off very casually for uh, sort of what. Uh, Your role is uh, because they are you're largely just playing Texas Hold'em with them uh, as, you know, the the different characters are talking about different things, um, occasionally interrupting themselves to comment on, you know, what just happened in the poker game Mm -hmm. kind of thing. But it's a very casual poker game uh, for that. So, you know, you're just playing tournaments. So the, the five of you essentially start with, I think, 500 chips. And as you're making your bets, uh, if you run out, uh, you just you can just end the game there, and it'll just simulate who wins the the whole pot. But it never carries over, so you just start the next game with another 500. There's no like stakes to any of that, other than as you win hands, you get some uh, special currency that you can use in a shop to get cosmetics for, you know, uh, uh, changing the the felt on the table or the card backs or the, the chips uh, and various other things on the ship to like customize the look of everything. Uh, so you're just spending a lot of extra currency on that. But along the way, you're just talking to these, these dudes who are sort of a little bit like, why are we talking to a child uh, and playing poker with him and talking to them about this heist that we pulled off that uh, involves the mob. And it's like, well, they, would probably like nothing more than to kill us. But I guess we'll just play poker and not, not think about that, I guess. Uh, there's a little bit of humorous to that as you're talking to different people and just learning their stories and sort of how they pull this off and all that. And it's, it's kind of a fun, chill game. And the, uh, the cool thing is the soundtrack is all Ska, uh, made by ska Tune Network, if you know that, uh, that, that uh, YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. that uh does a lot of ska covers of uh popular songs and all that kind of stuff. Uh but he's done a you know a fully original soundtrack here, uh so you can kind of just let it play as you're you know just playing poker and doing all that. So it's like a ten dollar game. Uh pretty chill, pretty easy on things. Uh the AI is maybe not super great in terms of dealing with, you know, the various strategies of poker. Uh, I did get it down to one point where it's just me and one other person and I managed to just bully them into winning the entire, you know, pot, Mm -hmm. uh, just constantly half the time they would just fold on the first, you know, two cards you would get at the start. Yeah. And so that's like, okay, I just got free money from them for some reason. Mm. Uh, and I just aggressively just bluffed and raised a lot to winning a bunch of it. Mm. Uh, It backfired like once or twice, but I was able to pretty, you know, aggressively just win it all back until I won the entire tournament. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's not like a super serious, you know, poker game or anything. So I wasn't really too annoyed by that. It was just like, okay, if I can get it down to this point, it's largely easy to win the whole thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, But, yeah, I'm not super great at poker or anything. So that's just how that worked out. But, uh, yeah. That game's 10 bucks. and PC. Uh definitely worth checking out if you are. I'd say maybe into stuff like the the Poker Night games. Mm-hmm. Uh Poker Night the Inventory and Poker Knight 2. Uh this just doesn't have, you know, uh licensed characters. Uh they're all just kind of Animal Crossing-esque, you know, animal humanoid characters. Mm-hmm. Uh there's like a a bird, uh I'm blanking on what all the, the different creatures are, but you know, they're a bunch of different people, so mm-hmm. it's cool. It's got a cool style to it. It's very chill and all that, so I'm looking forward to putting some more time into that. In uh, the last game, Tears of the Kingdom. been playing more of that. I beat my first dungeon, which was the uh, water dungeon. Mm-hmm. Uh, which took me a little bit to figure out how to even get to it, because it, they just give you a riddle, and I didn't necessarily realize what the the riddle entailed. Because mm. uh, I had found the Skyfish, and i Found it well before I knew it as the Skyfish. Um, but, yeah, that, uh, that was a fun little dungeon, especially because it has, like, an anti-grav kind of atmosphere to it Yeah, uh, up in the air. So that was kind of fun to get around that way, though. If you use the paraglider, uh, you move around at your normal speed. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's kind of a fun, like, if you almost jump yourself off of the uh, the platforms, you can just use that to get back in there. So uh, I did that. And then uh, you immediately get a bunch of quests for like, Oh, you want to get the other parts of the Zora, mm-hmm. you know, equipment. And uh, I did those used a guide to help me figure out what, what all I was supposed to do for that stuff. But I got those, I got the special treasure, the special helmet for that. So that's cool. Uh, then uh in the process of doing some other stuff, I uh, had enough of the bright seeds uh, that I could go back down to the depths because I knew that there's a number of mechanics that are locked until you complete your first dungeon. Mm-hmm. So, that was sort of the main reason I wanted to get that dungeon done, I uh, was to finally get that stuff. So, I got the auto build ability, mm-hmm. uh, which seems neat. Uh, uh, though, the way they kind of introduce it is dumb. Uh, cause I, I would say the thing I hated most about Breath of the Wild and the thing I'm pretty sure I'm still going to hate a lot here is the Yiga Clan. Mm-hmm. They're just super annoying in Breath of the Wild. Yeah. Because uh, once you engage with them, they just will harass you throughout the rest of your time playing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, luckily, they haven't been as much of a thorn in my side so far, but yeah, uh, I knew that uh, they are all over the depths, so I knew that was going to happen at some point. Um though at least their their master is a dumbass.
2: Yeah. Actually, fun fact you and you probably haven't figured this out yet. Uh you have been fighting them more than you think that you have, because uh they aren't just you know the random people that you find wandering around. Uh you come across the trees, right? Yeah. Yeah, those are Yiga clan people disguised as trees.
0: <laughs> okay. I definitely run into their dumb banana traps. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, the one, I killed them pretty quickly uh, for that. But yeah, I got mm. to. So that's the central mine where you kind of go to to set off your ability to really get the uh, or the stuff to upgrade your batteries. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I bought them all out because I had the tons of zonite from. Going around the depths a bunch. Mm-hmm. So that was not too big of a challenge uh, to get uh, the second battery fully upgraded. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'll be working my way around there. But, yeah, there's Zonite all over the place to get that. And I still have a bunch more. It's just trying to figure out how you know, often I can go and visit the, the few shops they have mm-hmm. for that stuff to buy them out. Because I have like over 200... Of the the regular sized, Uh, the large ones I don't have too much of. Uh, But in the process of, you know, completing that central mine uh, area, they give you 100 right there for that. Uh, So that was neat. But uh, yeah, that's kind of where I am leaving off on that. Uh, Probably going to do more in the the depths because I have a bunch of those bright bloom seeds and Mm -hmm. uh, that'll be fun to explore. Though I did get my first... Uh death by a Lionel, because I yeah. happen to just run up on one and they have the most ridiculous vision of any yeah. creature in the entire game. Yeah.
2: Uh, I will I will tell you a little trick I learned about the depths. Um the light roots. Yeah. Have you figured out what they're actually connected to yet? Uh I would assume probably shrines yeah that's it. They're all if, if you know where a shrine is on the overworld, all you have to do is mark it and in that area of the depths you will find a light roof. so yeah. yeah,
0: they basically serve the same purpose, mm-hmm. which is a best travel spot though they yeah. also cleanse your your corrupted uh hearts mm-hmm. so, uh but yeah, like you can if you don't have uh an area of the depths, you know lit up you can just pull up a map of the of the the top side and that Mm -hmm. will tell you at least enough to get around to know like where the water is you know that's all the edges of the areas that Mm -hmm. kind of stuff the mountains are kind of inverted Mm -hmm. on the on the depths so there's some neat stuff there but uh yeah that's been pretty much all i've done in tears of the kingdom so brandon how about you well, I have done all
2: four of the temples, um, so I've done that. Um, all four of the temples are linked directly to the regional phenomena quests that you have to do, um, where which you know takes you to the four major regions of Hyrule. Um, they're all sort of elemental. I originally had thought when because the first two ones I ended up doing were the the wind temple and the water temple. I thought they were all going to be like link somehow to, like, the stuff in the sky. Uh, not so. Um, the Lightning Temple is actually, like, in the middle of the Gerudo Desert. It's, like, buried under sand, but it, it, like, you know, reveals itself after you complete a specific quest. Um, and the Fire Temple, which which is where the Gorons are, is actually in the depths. It's underground. Um, it's, like, largely dislocated from the rest of the depths, but it shows up on the depths map. Um, and it's all underground, and it's where a lot of the, like, if you remember the, the release trailer with the fighting on the mine carts and stuff, that's where it comes from. Um, it actually had, like, probably one of the easiest of all four of the... Well, second easiest. The easiest one was probably the one in the uh, in the Wind Temple. But the... Second one is in the fire temple was surprisingly easy to fight despite how intimidating it is um but yeah so i did all of those and i decided to after see what happens is after you do all the regional phenomena you go back to you know the the you know the shelter area and you get notice that Zelda's been spotted, you know, walking into Hyrule Castle. And, of course, as anybody knows, if you've been playing the game, Hyrule Castle is basically floating in, the mid- in midair right now with a bunch of gloom leaking out from under it. Um, but it's fairly easy to get to, you know, as long as you've got plenty of stamina. But basically what happens is she keeps, like zooming around, more or less, like, teleporting into various places, and then you get attacked with, like, a bunch of, um, monster hordes of various kinds. Um, and I won't reveal what happens after that, because it's kind of a spoiler, but I will say I've also done all the Dragon's Tears. Um, so, you know, the Dragon's Tears are there if you really want to know, like, the big backstory of what's been going on. Like, you're like, you know, Zelda disappeared. Where does she go? Well, you find out with the Dragon Tear. She basically got hurled back in time to when uh, Hyrule was first founded. And she comes in contact with her ancestors, which are, of course, King Rauru, which you see in the beginning of the game, and his wife and her great-great-great, many times great-grandmother, Queen Sonya. Um, and then you find out also about, you know, where Ganondorf comes from, where... Where his whole involvement with the Gerudo is and what it is he's been trying to do. Um, and it also finally tells you how do you get the Master Sword. Um, and for the record, um, Zelda has actually always been there in the entire game. It's just she's been kind of hiding in plain sight. And the tears, the dragon tears will tell you who where she is. But the the basic sort of the basic sort of end of it is that you are finally revealed to you where the, where the master sword is, the restored master sword is. And much as like with Breath of the Wild, you need to have a certain number of, in this case, not hearts, but uh, stamina points in order to withdraw the sword. Um, and apparently in this case, you need like two whole circles of stamina in order to do it, maybe three. Um and the flip side of that was I wasn't able to get it out, so I had to go out and do some more stuff. So, you know, I decided to do the other temples and then go into the into the castle and stuff. Um But eventually what I found out is that there's another thing you gotta do where you got to find Korok Forest, which of course everybody remembers when you played Breath of the Wild. Korok Forest is not easy to find, it's specifically hidden. Um and in this case, you can't even, like, walk through the Hidden Forest like you did in the first game. It's literally completely shuts you out and just sort of sends you back. So what you end up having to do is you have to go down into the depths. And the depths are essentially... I think somebody basically said the the depths are essentially this game's version of the dark world, more or less. It's basically a dark sort of mirror image of you know, the surface area with a lot of similar architecture and trees and creatures that are all sort of twisted up. Even, like I said, the light roots are in the places where the shrines would be. Um, and it's also got, uh, all of the bosses that you fought in the, um, in the temples, but here they're just free roaming around the place. (laughs) Um, and, uh, then, of course, there's the Gloom you have to deal with, especially the Gloom Swarm, which are basically this game's closest equivalent to, like, the Wallmasters. Um, they're basically these hands with little eyes on them that swim around in the Gloom, and they'll grab you, and every time they grab you, they'll, you know, take away one of your hearts, um, you know, permanently until you get it purged from, you know, at the, at the you know, the light roots or whatever. Um But basically what you have to do is you have to go to a specific place in the depths. When you get to the depths, you then have to ascend up through this specific area. It's like a white column with like a circular spiral pattern on its surface. Um, And you end up in the middle of the Korok Forest, except the gloom has infected the Korok Forest. And there's these, you know, Koroks sitting around who don't even acknowledge your presence. And the corpse of the great Deku tree is basically has, like, these gloom roots impaling it, so you have to go into this cave underneath it, and you have to purge it of the gloom, um, which at first sounded not too bad, because, you know, you have to, like, purge, you know, a gloom swarm, which, you know, gloom swarm is pretty infuriating, but if you have, like, plenty of arrows and, like, plenty of Bomb flowers, it's fairly easy to take care of, Only problem is, that's not where it ends, because after the Gloom Swarm is gone, then you have to fight Phantom Ganon. And Phantom Ganon is much like how he was in Breath of the Wild, he's infuriating to fight. He's much harder than any other boss you've encountered, he's incredibly strong, incredibly fast, and I just fucking hate him. (laughs) Um... But that's where I left off last night. Um, so yeah, I've done that. I oh, and I also got the uh, the Fierce Deity armor set. So I got the uh, the uh, the armor, the trousers, the boots, the Fierce Deity face mask, and the Fierce Deity sword. And basically, what this set does is it triples the amount of attack power you have with any given weapon um, on your on your person. So yeah. Um, but uh, don't uh, take the uh, the Fierce Deity Sword for granted, because it can also shatter like any other weapon in the game. Um, but uh, yeah, so yeah, that's what I've been doing. So Dan Reb, what about you?
1: Just just curious, Brandon, how many hours do you have in Zelda now?
2: Uh, I've been playing it for like two or three hours ever since I got it. So probably a good 30, 40 hours now. Gotcha. Yeah.
1: I'm, I'm 80 hours into the game and basically everything you talked about is stuff I, I did yesterday. Yeah. So I am very familiar. I actually got the of sword this morning. So, yeah. um, yeah. And in, in regards to, you know, the, the wheels, you'll need at least two of them. Um, yeah, I got I, two of them. Gotcha. All of my wheels are completely full. I, I'll have to get an hour of hearts. I got have like 13 hearts, but yeah,
3: mm-hmm. 80
1: hours yeah. in 80 shrines. Sounds about right. Um, so yeah, I did get the master sword, and yeah, I'm, I'm 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 at a point in the game now where um I could go to Ganon if I want to, but you know um, I'm really enjoying this game, so I want to really explore uh, what there is to do. So like you, I got all the tiers. Um, mm-hmm. uh, right now, I'm working on uh, the pen side quests, so I'm mm-hmm. just uh, looking for all the all the um, stables and just trying to f- figure those out so I can get that armor set. Um, funny you mentioned the fierce deity one. I just ran into the uh, the tunic, um, without even trying to find it. Like mm-hmm. that just goes to show the um, the power of the, of the exploration of Zelda so far. Um, I, I ventured into the uh, Korok Forest. I tried to land in from above, mm-hmm. um, but the fog just like, killed me and put put me back in the sky. Uh, so that was rather interesting. Um, and then I also uh, maybe last week I got um, the auto build mechanic, which you can also find in the depths, and it has to do to do with the Yiga y- 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 clan. So mm-hmm. yeah, while Chris may be annoyed, you know uh, they're also the uh, they're also the um, uh, the answer to like filling up your, your, your puripad. So mm-hmm. you know uh, that'll be fun. And also bananas are a really buff item. So mm-hmm. if you use that in your cooking, uh, you, you'll definitely want that. Um, and then I also just wanted to reiterate how annoying uh, Phantom Ganon was. Mm-hmm. Um, I did die like, the first time, and then I realized, you know what? I'm just gonna go ahead and use up every item I have. And mm-hmm. then the first time you face them in a, in, in a Hyrule Castle, you know you have to fight four of them, right? And then it's like
2: four of them, and then after the midway through, one of them starts flooding the place with gloom. Yeah.
1: Exactly. And it was intense to the point where I only had a quarter of, uh, hearts left. I ate all of my good food. Mm -hmm. And, um, the last item or the last weapons I had were, were the gloom weapons, which you get for actually destroying, uh, each of those Phantom Ganon pieces. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I have two more hits, uh, but if I don't get those hits in within 15 seconds, I will probably die. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I, I managed to hit them. Um, it was great, but, uh, Cool, cool pro trick that I just realized. You can actually just fuse them with your actual weapons. Yeah. So without, so you wouldn't have to worry about losing your hearts that way. So mm-hmm. yeah, I, I, I have that key f- keyed in for next time. But the other thing is that um, they also aren't that durable either, which is no. Nope. It makes sense because they're, they're super powerful. Like you, you combine mm-hmm. them with your items, and all of a sudden you have an eighty attack power yeah. thing. So uh, that's about it there. But yeah, like I'm eighty hours in. Uh, I'm probably gonna complete the main story. You know, if not this weekend, then next, then the next weekend. Um, I didn't get in as much gameplay as I hoped last week because I was in, fa- I was at Fanime, and oh, um, one of the funnest things I did at Fanime was uh, I, I took pictures of the Legend of Zelda uh, cosplay meetup, and there was one guy who was dressed as the Hudson construction worker with the sign, oh, and I was like, "Yes, you're the best thing here," and he was dropping the sign all over, all, all over the place, and it was a hilarious situation. So I'll go ahead and post it on the site uh, some, sometime tonight. Um, But yeah, uh, aside from this, uh, Street Fighter 6 came out uh, over the weekend, so I've been playing a little bit of that. Um, I got it on Xbox Series X, uh, which is the first time I've actually bought a game on my Xbox since launch. Um, I think it was uh, Yakuza Like a Dragon, because it was the only, like, quote-unquote Xbox launch exclusive, although now it's available everywhere. Um, But yeah, so what happened was I I got it on Amazon, or I bought the code on Amazon to... uh, Go ahead and use it on a Wednesday, and I was oh. like, okay, you know, Xbox has the has the preload option. I can go ahead and just uh, put the code in, download it now, and when nine o'clock comes on Friday, I'll be able to play it. Yeah, that was oh. not the case. Um, first of all, uh the original preload didn't finish downloading, and um my Xbox didn't, didn't let me know because I also uh, have it set to turn off like after like an hour. So you know, when I turn it on, I had to install that, and then I had to install the day one patch, which was like over fifty gigs. And uh, I ended up going over my data cap with that, so yeah, I didn't really get to play until maybe Friday night. And yeah, so far so good. Um, I'm, I'm I'm enjoying going through all the characters, uh, seeing what they can do. Uh, some of these new ones are pretty cool, but at the same time, it's hard to just not go back to old reliable Ryu, you know. So mm. um, I'm using classic controls for right now. Um, I will switch to the more modern controls to just see how that feels. Um, mm. I know a lot of people are uh, worried about how that'll end up in the in the uh, tournament uh, piece, but you know, for what it is, um, I'm really uh, glad that uh Street Fighter Six is as fluid a- a- as it is. Um, I do have my issues with the Xbox controller for it. Uh, I- I'm not sure if the clickiness of the, of the D-pad is really going to relate well. And at the same time, I don't want to buy a fight stick. So um, we'll see how it goes there. I might just end up caving and doing it anyway, but yeah, so far I'm enjoying this a whole lot more than Street Fighter Four or Five. Mm. Um, really enjoying the parry mechanic um, as well as the new uh, cancel ability that you can use by using the right shoulder buttons. And um, yeah, like so far, so good. Like th- this is one of those games where it's like, you know, as an, even if you want to read the command list, um, just going ahead and playing with the buttons to figure out, figure out like what these characters can do. And then, you know, figuring out the parry and blocks from there. It's, it's really fun so far. Um, I'm not, you know, as hardcore with the fighting games as Phil or, Pad are, but I'm definitely enjoying my time with it so far. And um, it's definitely been something where, okay, you know, I've, I have like 15 minutes. So let me just go ahead and play like, you know, five or six matches and go from there. And then, you know, yeah. when, I, when I have my longer periods of time where I can play, uh, Chase of the Kingdom has been, has been right up my alley there. So, um, yeah, I do hope to finish this soon, especially with Final Fantasy 16 and um, uh, Trails to Reverie uh, coming r- 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 right around the corner but yeah, cool. it's just definitely a great time to play video games right now. Um, I know that Diablo 4 is coming out at the beginning of the week and uh, people who are, who already have it are, are on early access are, are enjoying that. So yeah, there's, there is there is no um, lack of options uh, as to what to play today, so it's a fun time.
0: Cool. All right, so let's get to some subscription news. Uh, it is a new month, so we have new PlayStation Plus and games with gold games to uh, I uh, talk about here. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for the uh, first up, we have PlayStation plus, uh, which has three new games for the essential tier. And mm-hmm. up. Uh, first up here for PS five and PS four is NBA two K 23. As the season nears its end, they're in the finals right now. Uh, good time to check this out.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh, they usually
0: put the, the game on sale for pretty cheap around this time. Mm. Like they did in the past couple of weeks. So uh, there's that. And now you can just check it out on PlayStation Plus. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, do all that stuff. But, yeah, they have WNBA teams in there. So that's cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see here for PS5 and PS4. Jurassic World Evolution 2. Mm. Uh, the follow-up to the first game is sort of a park builder. But built around, you know, the Jurassic World uh, you know trilogy that uh, does some cool stuff. It's from Frontier, who's made a bunch of these kind of games, park builders and city builders and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, this is the one that has more Jeff Goldblum and Bryce Dallas Howard in it. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that's cool. And, uh, yeah, so you can check that one out. Mm -hmm. And uh, the other one, the third game here, also for PS5 and PS4, is Trek to Yomi. Uh, this is a cool, uh, you know, very stylized kind of samurai uh, movie style game uh, where you are playing as a young swordsman uh, who is trying to protect his town and all that, and going from area area to fight enemies and do all that kind of stuff. Um, this is on Game Pass at launch, uh, but you know, has since then uh, been removed. So. Uh, if you've not played it there, this is a good time to check it out.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: so yeah, there you go. That's the the three games for this month. Some good stuff there. Uh, so yeah, there you go. Yeah,
1: on PlayStation Blog, uh, NBA Two K is, is as solid as it's always been. Don't know much about Jurassic World, but um, Trek to Yomi was a game that I uh, I liked a, a little more than most. Uh, it's a typical you know side scroller with like uh, very specific black and white visuals. Um, mm-hmm. But if you're expecting like Ghost Tsushima here. Uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's nothing like that. But um, as far as like, just, just the way it, uh, it, it controls, it's not as fluid as you would like. So I would say it's the perfect, like, you know, uh, quote-unquote free game. Um, it's mm-hmm. only, like, a few hours, too. So definitely an easy recommendation, but don't go in assuming that it's the greatest thing ever.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, uh, let's see. Four games with gold. They still have two games this month. And yeah, I don't really know much about either of these. Uh, But let's see. Starting June first to the thirtieth, Adios, uh, which seems to be sort of an action adventure game. Uh, Yeah, from the description, uh, you're a pig farmer in Kansas. It's October, cold, crisp mornings are the norm. You decided you're no longer okay with letting the mob use your pigs to dispose of bodies. Uh, when your old friend, a hitman, arrives with this assistance to deliver another body, you finally screw up the courage to tell them that you're done.
3: Yeah.
0: So, okay, doing uh, some of that kind of weird stuff. So uh, that's neat. I don't know if it's going to really change anybody's minds about the way that games with gold stuff goes of late. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but let's see. For the second game, starting on June sixteenth to July fifteenth, the Veil: Shadow of the Crown. Uh, let's see, story-driven action adventure that utilizes the full potential of 3D audio and haptic controller feedback to deliver visceral gameplay. That isn't is all buzzwords. Yeah. Uh, it's an audio-based game. Not really, the one screenshot they have is just a basically black with some blue dots on it. The Veil sets out to breathe new life to into medieval combat, brought a truly novel experience for visually impaired and sighted gamers alike. So that's neat. Uh, that's not something I would have expected, but I also don't know that that's uh, something that's going to be a uh, you know very popular kind of thing. So I don't know. That could be neat. Uh, but that's your two games. Nothing really amazing there, but Two games that seem pretty interesting for the most part, but yeah, that's it for there. But uh, uh, to go with that, uh, we also have the the Game Pass lineup here for the next week or so. Uh, Yeah, for the next two weeks, essentially. Uh, Stuff that's available now, there's Chicory, A Colorful Tale for console and PC. Uh, It's a very cool sort of Zelda-like, but uh, set in like a color book world. Yeah, Uh, where you have a a magical brush that you can use to color parts of the environment in, your own character, chicory, Mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff. So uh, that's a very cool game. Uh, Also on console and PC, Far World Pioneers. Mm. Uh, Let's see, open world sci-fi sandbox. So, okay, multiplayer servers of up to 32 players. So like a crafting survival game. Sorts, I think it's 2D in its mm-hmm. art style, so uh, there you go. For that, also available now, Car Mechanic Simulator 2021 console and PC. So that's uh, you know, one of those games where you just go through and diagnose like what's wrong with these cars and work on them and all that kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. that's cool. Uh, also available now, yeah, Slayer's X Terminal Aftermath Vengeance of the Slayer. Mm. Uh, that is the sort of spinoff of the uh, uh, I figure which, uh, what the game is called. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, that's a cool. game. It's a spinoff of, uh, the, the internet simulation game. Uh, yeah. But yeah, that's, we talked about that, uh, I think a week or two ago mm. that was on the way. So that's cool. It's available now console and PC. Uh, it's sort of a Duke Nukem or doom style first person shooter. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but made by somebody that, you know, was heavy on the internet in the late 90s.
3: Cool.
0: So there you go for that. Also available now, the big con for console and PC. Uh, this is, I think, one of those uh, adventure RPG kind of games uh, where you're playing as a kid who decides to uh, grift and, you know, con people into taking their money and all that kind of stuff. Oh. Uh set in the nineties, yeah, with that kind of style to it. So that one's supposed to be pretty cool. Oh. And yeah, now we're on the games that are coming up in the near future. Uh there's Amnesia the Bunker,
3: uh-huh.
0: uh, which I think is the new game uh in that series for console and PC on June sixth. Uh yeah, first person horror games set in the desolate World War One bunker. Uh so that's cool. Mm-hmm.
3: Uh-huh.
0: Uh, let's see, uh, Hypnospace Halo. That's what the the Slayer's X game is spin off of. Uh, there's a character in there that's like trying to make a game, and that's the game that they supposedly made. So, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, that's cool. That's uh, that was been on Game Pass in the past. So uh, if you missed that, you can check it out again. Mm-hmm. You're sort of like a moderator on this internet, mm-hmm. uh, trying to deal with you know reports and people doing nefarious stuff. Uh, let's see, next up here on June 8th, Rune Factory 4 Special. Uh, yeah, that's one of the, the DS games. Uh, I have that on the Switch. It's a pretty cool, you know, Stardew Valley-like, Harvest Moon-like, uh, where you're going around uh, talking to people, giving them gifts and all that kind of stuff, and then going out and fight, fighting in dungeons to get materials to make mm-hmm. better, better items and food and all that kind of stuff. So that's cool. Mm. Uh, let's see for console on June 8th stacking Uh, that's one of the the double fine games that came out in the Xbox 360 era where they broke up Mm. their teams into four smaller teams to make a bunch of experimental games and stacking is very much sort of a puzzle adventure game Mm. so it's involving the, the sort of Russian stacking dolls as you're using the abilities that these unique dolls have uh, to solve puzzles, all that kind of stuff. So that's cool if you haven't checked that out before.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, let's see, for June 13th, there's Dordogne. Uh, that is a, a French narrative adventure game uh, where you're playing a girl who's going back to her uh, family's uh, home,
3: mm-hmm. her,
0: like her like, grandmother's home, to explore and look for all the sort of secret stuff that's hidden around there to mm-hmm. learn more, more about their family's history and all that kind of stuff. Uh, so that's cool. That's console and PC on June 13th. Uh, that'll be next week, so there you go.
1: Dordonia mm-hmm. is a game that I've had on my radar for a while. Is it, is it already out in other platforms, or is it a day one Xbox Game Pass?
0: I think it's coming out at launch on Game Pass.
3: Mm. Oh, that's cool. Okay.
0: Yeah, I'm trying to check if it's... Coming out to anything else? Okay, there we go. There's a region of France called Dordogne, so it's ruining this. Okay. Yeah, published by Focus Entertainment. It's on PlayStation, Xbox, Switch, and PC as well.
1: Gotcha. Yeah, because I think I remember seeing it on a PlayStation thing first, and that was where Mm -hmm. I learned about it. But yeah, if it's on Game Pass, why not?
0: Yeah. It has a very nice watercolor style to it. That looks really cool. So, Mm -hmm.
3: yeah,
0: there you go. Some cool stuff to check out for uh, Game Pass. So, there you go for your subscription stuff for this week. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, uh, as uh, you may know, it's summer Game Fest season. Uh, There's a bunch of events happening here over the next week or so uh, from Microsoft, Ubisoft, uh, Devolver Digital. uh, Just announced that they are having their Devolver Direct the return of volvi uh so they're having a very like 90s mascot kind of uh vibe to this whole thing so that's mm-hmm. their their weird thing they they are announcing here uh it'll be happening on thursday at 3 p.m pacific time at 6 p.m eastern time mm. uh you know a few hours after the summer game fest uh showcase happens uh so that's cool yeah, they say it'll feature new game reveals, announcements, and surprises, including the return of Volvi, Devolver Digital's beloved mascot, star of all your favorite Devolver games, spinoffs, and shows. Disclaimer, Volvi did not exist as a character before today. hmm So that seems to be their comedic bent is this mascot and probably the weird stuff that it does. So there mm-hmm. you go. I think that's going to be a 30-minute showcase. So it'll be cool to see what new stuff they've got. Mm-hmm. Uh, But let's get to uh, some other stuff that got announced. Nintendo announced two things, uh, one of which is the sequel to 1-2 Switch called Everybody 1-2 Switch. Uh, It's out June 30th, and uh, this is the game that is sort of infamous if you've seen uh, reports about this. I think Fanbyte was the one that sort of broke news that this was apparently a game that they were working on and finished. Uh, But because the sort of audience testing that they did uh, went so poorly, they decided not to release it, Mm -hmm. Uh, at least until now. I guess they decided now is the time to release it, so maybe they did more work on it to make it better, but who knows. Uh, Though we do know that it is launching at half the price of the first game. Uh, It is $29.99. On June thirtieth, and if you look at the eShop page for it, uh there's one screenshot that's not really a screenshot of the game. It's of like if you know, once you switch head, just like people on the screen, I guess. Uh that that's just what that is. There's no trailer or anything there. Uh it's just like, hey, you can pre-order. Here's a little bit of information. There's a physical version as well if you want to be that kind of person. Mm-hmm. I guess. Um but it seems like the, the big change here is that uh, you can have people playing with the Joy-Cons or your mobile phone that you can cool. sync up with it in some way. Uh, so that's neat, but it seems like largely this game just was one of those games that just did not do well in uh, testing uh, with audiences that they were aiming for that they just said, well, I guess we won't release this. Just sit on it. hmm uh-huh. Uh, but they, you know, they decided, well, Tears of the Kingdom is out, and everybody's talking about that, so we can release this and make some money while uh, everybody's focusing on the other game. And I think uh, Pikmin 4 is also coming out in July, so you know they're going to hope it sandwiches that uh, game with uh, some really good games there. Uh-huh. So yeah, that's Nintendo trying to get this game out of here with nobody realizing it existed. Mm -hmm. and then like 30 minutes later they announced that hey we got pastel colored joy cons that's awesome that's out the same day just to make sure you don't even realize that that maybe comes out uh the game comes out the same time as these uh new cool looking controllers Mm -hmm. so that's gonna be a weird day for nintendo yeah um
1: yeah i never looked at any of the uh any of the videos for this new 1-2-Switch game. Um, I do have to say that I'm interested, and it is cool that it's uh, a little cheaper. Um, I don't know if I'll pick it up, just because, uh, you know, the original 1-2-Switch probably has, like, a maximum of three hours uh, on my Switch because I was just showing people about the game more than actually playing it, but um, we'll see there. But, yeah, these Joy-Cons look pretty cool. Uh, they should have released them in Easter, but, you know, um, I'm pretty sure no one's going to complain about more joy cons.
0: Yeah, the reason you haven't seen any videos because there aren't any. Mm-hmm. Like, there's barely one screenshot of this game. And yeah, that's about as much as they want to do with this game. So, they're definitely trying to get rid of it as fast as they can. And make whatever they can off of it. So, that's, uh, that's your Nintendo mm-hmm. update for June. Maybe they will put out some... Uh, Nintendo Switch Online releases on, or around June 30th, to further bury that game. So, there you go. Nintendo's going to have a weird month, especially if they don't have a Direct, which it seems like they are not going to. So, there you go. Uh, But uh, there's two other games coming out June 30th that are probably much uh, more appealing than, you know, everybody want to Switch. Uh, First up here, Front Mission First Remake is finally done being a Switch exclusive. Uh, It is coming Mm -hmm. to uh, PS5, PS4, Xbox Series X and S, Xbox One and PC Mm -hmm. on June 30th. Uh, So if you uh, haven't gotten around to that first game, uh, now you have a second chance on Mm -hmm. platforms where uh, it'll probably run and maybe look a little bit better. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that'll be cool to see. Mm-hmm. And yeah, as I delayed the second game for a bit uh longer, uh it seems like there's a demo for it on Steam. Mm-hmm. So if you want to check it out early, you can do that. Uh yeah. That looks cool. So there you go for that. Uh the other game is another Switch exclusive that is finally no longer Switch exclusive. Mm-hmm. That is Goodbye World. Yep. Uh this is a game uh, from publisher PM Studios. Uh, sort of a, a very much an Earthbound-like uh, kind of game uh, coming to yeah, the PlayStations and Xboxes, been on Switch and PC for a while.
1: Yeah, uh, this one's not like Earthbound at all. Uh, it's actually a narrative-driven game um, where you play as this person. Well, you don't really do that. You, you, you pretty much just watch the story happen, and it's about this person who is a game developer um who makes a friend at like a college club where they make games and eventually um the friend doesn't want to make games anymore and then in between each of these little story vignettes is a 2D platformer of a very of, of uh, very much of a broken game and um if you beat a level great if you die doesn't matter um it's just a way to go ahead and uh put you into the next uh the next chapter of the story and then eventually when you do uh finish the main story you get to play that full game uh the way it was meant to be so it's not going to feel as broken or whatnot so it was a pretty cool concept um but i don't think it was anything special um you can beat it in maybe less than two hours i actually beat it in on, on a plane flight um so there's that and while it was interesting it's not something i'd pay you know for to have to have physically um i don't know how much this will cost but um yeah it's it's fine for what it is but I, I i wouldn't value it anything like-
0: yeah uh yeah that's a it's a neat looking game mm-hmm. uh look at the steam page it's 12 bucks uh normally so that seems pretty solid for the price there mm-hmm. uh but yeah let's uh let's get to some more news uh sony has another game coming to steam on pc Mm -hmm. That is Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. Uh, That'll be out July 26th, uh, being the first game in the series on PC. So that'll be cool to see, Uh, especially as a game that was built around uh, the PS5's SSD stuff. And seeing how, you know, be curious to see how that game uh, runs on, say, non SSD hard drives. Mm -hmm. That kind of stuff. That would be fun to see uh, with that. But yeah. There's an unlocked frame rate, ray-traced, reflections and shadows, ultra-wide support, and a bunch of other stuff for uh, the new stuff that the PCs have. So, mm-hmm. there you go. That's cool. Hopefully the people on the PC enjoy that a lot, because it's uh, an extremely good game.
2: Incredibly good game. Legitimately. Um, one of the most visually stunning games I've ever played.
0: Yeah. Definitely. So, yeah. There's a... Uh, a new game for PC players to check out.
3: I mm-hmm.
0: guess I didn't know 48 by 9 monitors were a thing. Yeah, it's it's totally intense. But yeah, this this is definitely good news for PC
1: players, especially with the PlayStation back catalog. If you're worried that it'll turn out to be another another Last of Us, um, I highly doubt it will, uh, considering it's the same team as Insomniac that 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 did Spider Man and that didn't have nearly as many problems as The Last of Us did. So yeah, this should definitely be a good release, and it's definitely a good um, indicator of what the PS5 could do. So on PC, I can imagine it, 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 would, it would only be better. Maybe not right out of the box, but you should definitely have have a playable build.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so that's some cool stuff there. Uh, let's see. Next up here, WrestleQuest. We talked about how it got delayed a few weeks ago. Uh, we finally have a new date, uh, August uh, the 8th. Uh, So that'll be on PlayStation, Xbox, Switch, and PC, as well as Netflix. If you have uh, a subscription to that on your phone, you can play it there as well. Uh, So that's cool. Mm -hmm. Uh, That is the, you know, turn-based RPG uh, built all around wrestling culture and all that. Uh, So that's a a cool-looking game. Mm -hmm. Looking forward to seeing that. And, uh, yeah, let's see. what is That is it for our dates, but we got some other news here of maybe some mishap news that has happened here. Mm. Uh, first up here, the KOTOR uh, 2 release that happened on the Switch.
3: Yeah. Uh, I guess at some
0: point they promised that they were going to uh, release this, what they're calling, restoration content DLC that sort of adds that cut content that was sort of in the data on mm-hmm. the PC versions uh, and sort of making that available is uh, something you can play, which fans have, you know, done a bunch of work to make that playable in the PC versions.
3: Mm.
0: Uh, they seem to have promised that for uh, the switch version here and eventually reached the point where they uh, could not follow through with that. Mm. They had to put out a big uh, tweet apologizing for that. Uh, saying, sadly, today we are announcing that the Restoration Content DLC for the Nintendo Switch version of Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic 2, the Sith Lords, will not be moving forward for release. I would like to thank everyone for their continued support by providing a complimentary video game key to players that purchased Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic 2, the Sith Lords, on Nintendo Switch. Before this announcement, they have a list here of games you can get, Switch, like the you can get Knights of the Old Republic 2 on PC. Mm-hmm. I assume a Steam Key or uh, one of their other Switch uh, Aspire uh, releases for Star Wars stuff uh, which includes the original Knights of the Ro- Old Republic, the Force Unleashed, Republic Commando, Episode One Racer, and the the Jedi Knight games that they put oh, on there. Yeah. So you at least get an additional game, I guess, as a, as long as you can provide the uh, the receipt stuff, the, the show that you actually purchased it. Mm -hmm. on the Switch. Uh, So, yeah, that's uh, not surprising that they couldn't figure that out.
3: Mm
0: -hmm. uh, Because that probably requires a bunch of work, unless you're going to license the work that the people did for the PC version Mm -hmm. of that stuff, but even then, that's probably not guaranteed to work with the Switch version. So that's probably where they uh, made a big mistake in promising that Mm -hmm. as a selling point, instead of being like, "Ah, we'll see what we can do, you know. Not promising it, but, you know, that's definitely another uh, big misstep for Aspire, because I think the other one was when they had the Nicaela Republic remake that they yeah. were supposedly working on, and then that seemed to be in such a bad place that they have rebooted that entire project with the new developer. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then having that announced at the one of the State of Plays uh, for Sony just backfired big time. Yeah. Uh, so... There you go. Uh some bad stuff going on with uh you know the Night Seal Republic stuff. Mhm. Lovely. So there you go. Some unfortunate news, but if you have, you know, a decent enough PC, it should be able to play Night Seal Republic 2 there and you can get the mod that mm-hmm. restores all that stuff to working order. Uh, so there you go for that, but uh next up here, Sunshine Shuffle, a game I talked about earlier. Uh-huh. I mentioned they had some uh, unfortunate issues with this Switch release. And it's not because the game was broken or anything. It's because the uh, developer, uh, I'm trying to see, yeah, Xavier uh, Nelson Jr., who, you know, tweets on uh, Twitter a lot, you know, jokey stuff, posted a big uh, jokey video uh, where he kind of joked about, uh, you know, gambling with kids, uh, you know, child gambling, all that kind of stuff. Uh, and somebody at Nintendo of America seemed to have seen that video and was like, alright, we can't release this because this is a game that teaches kids to gamble.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, and so he tweeted later, like in all caps, Sunset Shuffle is supposed to come out tomorrow on Switch and PC, keyword being supposed to. Apparently my social media campaign about the game not teaching children to gamble has uh, convinced Nintendo that the game is about child gambling. And is having a lot of fun with this. Uh, got some uh, decent attention. Eventually got, you know, a hold of somebody in Nintendo of America and be like, look, it's not actually about child gambling.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, that was just a joke. Uh, so it came out like a week later on uh, Switch in North America. I think it released in Europe and you know, other areas as it was supposed to. But, uh, yeah, that was a whole fun thing. Mm there uh and being the sort of people that would pay attention to this kind of stuff a lot of the steam comment or steam reviews early on were very much i'm 11 years old and i learned how to gamble with this game kind yeah. of thing just taking that joke into the, the steam reviews section where you know where people uh kill jokes as best they can on there a lot of times but yeah that is a, a fun thing and got it like a, a bit more of a you know, a profile on the internet as uh, getting their game banned from Nintendo kind of made them stand out from a lot of other games that were coming out at the same time. Uh So a little bit of a bonus there for, uh, you know, not having it at launch on Switch would let you, you know, get the attention you deserve. But, hey, it seems like it's worked out in the end. Uh But yeah, it's a game people should definitely check out if you like uh, chill poker games. Yeah. And and Ska. Uh, So there you go for that. Uh, We do have one good bit of news here. Hmm. Uh, So the Final Fantasy Twitter account has been tweeting like almost like AMA-type stuff. Uh, Seems like once per day that leads people to believe that it's going to have some sort of a uh, big reveal at the Summer Game Fest showcase. Because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, seven questions leading up to Thursday. Uh, they just released a third of these today. Uh, but the first one was like, development is, you know, asking like, oh, is the game still coming out, you know, this winter? And they're like, in a comment from Yoshinori Katase, the producer,
3: mm-hmm. saying,
0: you know, development is progressing smoothly and according to plan. We are currently working on nailing down a release date for the game. You know the the successive ones they've had is like, "Oh, you know getting outside of midgard like how is that uh you know what's the the game gonna be like with that and it's like, yeah, you're gonna have some big areas to explore uh and get out there in the open world kind of stuff, so you know some fairly fairly vague stuff mm-hmm. you know, for what uh Japanese devs usually talk about with their games ahead of launch and ahead of big reveals and stuff so mm-hmm. This one at least seems to suggest, like, hey, it's still coming out, you know, this winter, mm-hmm. uh, which is probably going to be, like, January, February next year mm-hmm. for that. But uh seems like people are believing that they're going to have some big reveal at the Summer Game Fest, and it may very well be a release date mm-hmm. or some some sort of big, like, gameplay trailer. So mm-hmm. we'll see how that goes, but uh, definitely looking forward to that.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, Um, considering, you know, they basically have more or less implied that, you know, the whole story is basically open-ended now because they basically broke whatever it was that was forcing the story to remain canon to the original version. Um, Yeah, Uh, it's going to be interesting where they take it. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, we we live in a world where it's going to get worse. Likely going to get this and Final Fantasy 16 in the same year, Um, so I'm just hoping that the uh, release is before December. Um, I see no reason, no no reason why it would. Assuming assuming it is this year, primarily because we don't really know what's coming out in Q4 this year, except maybe um, Starfield. We'll see.
0: Yeah, Mm. yeah. So there you go. Your little is going to be doing these little teaser tweets. Mm -hmm. of answering these questions about the game as they're potentially leading up to some big trailer or whatever at Summer Game Fest. So Mm
3: -hmm. we'll
0: have to see how that goes here for the next few days as people overly analyze these tweets. But uh, let's get to our last bit of news here. And it centers all around Bobby Kotick and Activision Blizzard King. Uh, Do we have to? Yeah, because people need to know how much of an idiot this guy is. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, so they had a big fluff piece on Variety, and as much as people, you know, are shitting on Variety for doing this, I feel like you should let these kind of people say everything they think of, mm-hmm. uh, because they will almost always hang themselves with stupid shit they say. Mm-hmm. And like they opened this up with Bobby Kotick, like revealing that they were potentially going to buy Time Warner a few years ago when they were up for sale. I believe that's when, uh, uh, who was it? AT&T bought them, mm-hmm. I think it was. If I'm remembering from uh, John Oliver making fun of AT&T constantly after they got acquired. As as he called them, their business daddy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that seems to be like one notable thing. is like, oh, they were going to potentially buy them. Like, what the hell that would have looked like? he says, we'd take their IP and turn it into games. They take our IP and turn it into film and television and we'd have an extraordinary company. It's like, okay, Mm -hmm. cool. Uh, That probably would have been blocked. Maybe. I don't know, but who knows? But uh, yeah, he said uh, a bunch of other shit here as well as uh, let me see here what I can uh, find up, Uh, you know, talking about the, uh, the harassment stuff. That has been going on over the past few years um he has talked about uh let's see here he says he has been both humbled and outraged by what he considers malicious distortions about the company that he has taken to great heights over 32 years he makes no apologies for Activision cult or its culture he says the company is preparing to release a slew of data drawn from the EEOC investigation that he hopes will combat the perception that Activision was run as a fret house. Oh. Uh, yeah, he says he'll release a transparency report that will pro- provide exculpatory data from outside entities. He acknowledges that the stain left by the sweeping allegations will be hard to combat with pie charts and statistical tables, uh, which we've had some of that stuff here, but uh, let's see, we've had this is a quote We've had every possible form of investigation done, and we did not have a systemic issue with harassment. Ever, mm-hmm. we didn't have any of what were mischaracterizations reported in the media. But what we did have was a very aggressive labor movement working hard to try and destabilize the company. Mm-hmm. Which is like, oh, that was all the unions. Oh. Uh. Which then you know they put out their data. After that, that was basically confirming that uh, they investigated 114 reports of harassment, discrimination, or retaliation filed by employees last year. Out of those incidents, investigators substantiated 29 of them, some of which involved multiple employees. Uh, The report was published publicly at the request of stockholders. Mm -hmm. And yeah, this came out hours after that Variety interview went public. Uh, where you claim like, they have no issues with systemic uh, harassment. And it's like, you know, these numbers are actually maybe good because it shows they're actually looking into these reports. Uh, obviously, they weren't tracking this stuff before to tell you, like, if this is an uptick or whatever, but yeah. 29 of them is a lot. That's, that's a lot. Yeah, especially when a lot of them seem to re- result in people getting fired. Mm-hmm. Uh that's you know that seems to confirm as much as he acts like it's it's you know absolving them of all the blame and all that. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, but yeah, back to the variety article. Uh he blames places the blame for most of Activision's image problems on what he calls outside forces and labor activity around the company. Uh the communications workers of America and Activision employees have filed a stream of complaints against the company uh, with the National Labor Relations Board. Kodak Police Labor Organizers are influencing the state federal investigations into harassment and gender discrimination claims, as well as the Activision employee walkouts that have been staged periodically since 2021. Uh, let's see. In fact, the heat between Activision and the CWA has cooled a bit of late. CWA successfully organized workers at Activision's Raven Software Division earlier this month the CWA-backed Game Workers Alliance organized workers at an activation unit in Albany in December. Yeah. Contract talks uh, for those workers begin begin next week. Yeah. It says here, over the last few months, we worked thoughtfully and productively with the CWA. We've engaged in a dialogue that will be beneficial for our people, the union, and the company. So we'll see how that goes. But, uh, but he says here, I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you in any of what you... If any of what you've read in the inflammatory narrative was truthful, which like, mm, I don't know. Maybe you have a board that is full of your lackeys that can seek advance and, and you know, yeah. that wouldn't dare to uh, get rid of you unless they absolutely had to. Yeah, as he says here no, board of directors in a non-controlled company is going to allow the CEO of an enterprise to stay running the enterprise if those things were truthful.
2: Except it's absolutely a controlled company because it's controlled by him.
0: Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they go into more of like the history of Activision and Blizzard and all this. Um, yeah, and then they get to some weird stuff here. Uh. Yeah, where is it at? I'm going to try and see if I can find this. Yeah, here it is. Uh, We're just talking about the the idea of AI and this kind of stuff being used to generate content. Uh, and says playing games is such a visceral visceral experience. We're getting to the point that the game itself is able to create its own content in real time. That will be exquisite. Uh, so it seems like he really likes the idea of you know AI and uh, you know generating you know chat generating text kind of stuff. Uh, All that kind of stuff that is starting to balloon up as, like, NVIDIA just announced a bunch of potential tools for developers to use to uh, make content a little bit more Mm -hmm. easily or with the ability to get rid of, you know, artists and uh, other people that work on these games. Mm -hmm. Uh, Be able you know, just use all this uh, machine learning and all that to do a lot of the work for people.
3: Yeah
0: which is kind of a hell of a thing to say. Mm -hmm. Also, he insists here, I am not like other CEOs that are uh, anti-union. I'm the only Fortune 500 CEO who's a member of a union.
3: Mm. I'm going to
0: guess he's talking about SAG-AFTRA when he was Mm. in the Moneyball movie. Yeah. Which is like, that was 15 years ago, buddy. Yeah. It's cool that they don't kick you out, but that's not a a thing. You're getting probably pennies every once in a while for that movie. But uh, if we have employees who want a union to represent them and they believe that that union is going to be able to provide them with opportunities and enhancements to their work experience, I'm all for it. I have a mother who was a teacher. I have no aversion to a union. What I do have an aversion to is a union that doesn't play by the rules. That's what a union is supposed to be, you fucking asshole. Yeah, they're not there
2: to be your buddy. They don't they're not there to coddle you, Bobby.
0: Yeah. It's like you can tell he's not involved in Seg Aftra in any way. Mm-hmm. Other than probably doing boats or whatever. Yeah. Every once in a while. But he's not like the the people that help run those sort of unions. Mm-hmm. Uh But yeah, this is a a hell of a piece. Let you know just how uh, much of a a weirdo and an idiot he is, mm-hmm. sitting up in his ivory tower, hoping that Microsoft does finish the the acquisition of Activision Blizzard so he can get his golden parachute and live the rest of his days as an obscenely rich man,
3: mm-hmm.
0: even more so than he already does. So yeah, there you go. That is a. Uh, that is largely it for this week. So, unless you got anything else to add, Brandon? Nope. <laughs> All right.
1: Yeah, Kodak just needs to like stop talking, and I don't even know why this got approved by his team.
0: Yeah, because they believe that the you know he made good arguments here, I guess. Uh-huh. Uh, so, that's kind of where he is at as a person. Hmm. But uh yeah, there you go. That is going to do it for the show this week. Uh this time next week, we will have a bunch of stuff to talk about, uh things that were shown in the uh the various Summer Game Fest showcases. Uh we mm. will be uh, I'll be, you know, hosting co-streams on a number of those shows on Thursday and Sunday. Mm. Uh and I'll probably be checking out some of the other stuff cuz there's a handful of other ones uh mm-hmm. that are happening. I believe Day of the Devs is happening right after the uh the Summer Game Fest showcase. Yeah. Because I believe the Summer Game Fest Showcase is two hours, then it uh right after that, Day of the Devs sh- starts for about an hour, and I think the Devolver Showcase starts uh right after that. Mm-hmm. They got like some Tribeca Games Spotlight, the Wholesome Direct, uh the OTK Games Expo. Uh, there's a few other showcases like that of indie gu- indie stuff mm-hmm. that'll be happening. Uh, but on Sunday, we'll have the Xbox games Showcase. That'll be about two hours long,
3: mm-hmm.
0: uh, including the Starfield Direct, as they're trying to position it as a separate thing. But it's like mm-hmm. the last 30 minutes of the show.
3: Yeah.
0: And then, yeah, there'll be the PC gaming show. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think we'll be streaming that, but uh, we'll be keeping an eye on it, and we'll be doing the show. Uh, later that Sunday mm. and sort of cover everything that happened. Yep. So we'll have plenty of stuff to talk about and uh, yeah, that'll be exciting. Mm-hmm. Uh, along with whatever other news shows up. Cause I don't know, you're going to have to find something big to stand out amongst all that stuff that's happening. Mm-hmm. So we'll have to see if anybody is up to that challenge there, but yeah, until then, uh, we will see you all next time. Uh, thank you all for tuning in. If you enjoy the show, if you ever let friends and family know that they should check it out and select strangers uh, that you can go check out the Summer Game Fest showcase with. Like they're doing airings in Cinemark theaters, I think. mm mm-hmm. uh, Around the country for free. So you can do that, I guess. mm mm-hmm. uh, For however weird that is. Instead of doing it at your own home. Mm-hmm. Uh, where you can do whatever you want during the time that that happens. So, Uh, yeah. Uh, Yeah, we will be back next week with a new slate of news and announcements and game stuff that happens. And, uh, yeah, we will see you all next time. Have a
3: good one.